Hello, you're listening to the Mr. Money Jar podcast. Mr. Money Jar here. This episode is taken from an Instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety. This means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format. For example, there might be references to questions that appeared during the live, plus some audience interaction, and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Hello all, Mr. Money Jar here. I hope you're well. Welcome to episode 76 of the Mr. Money Jar show. And today we're going to be joined by Natasha Hill. And the title of the show is Two and a Half Decades of Debt, which is a rather impactful title. But uh, the topic will be Tash's um, debt journey over quite an extended period um, and her story and how she's managed to gain control of her finances, but also use her platform to educate others. Um, For regulars on the show, I think uh, you you might recognize Tash's handle. Tash is a regular on the Mr. Wayne Josh show, regularly commenting and tuning into the episodes. And today's actually the first time that we'll get to speak to each other face to face. So I'm really looking forward to getting into conversation with her. Let me invite her in as a speaker and we can kick off the episode. Hey, Tash. Hey, Timmy. How are you doing? I am very good. Very, very good to see you. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, you too. Literally just um, 20 minutes ago, got in from work. So I hope I don't look hot and flustered. (laughs) Oh, not, not at all. (laughs) Um, Hey, hey Louise, great to see you in the comments. Now, I was just saying to the listeners, it's actually really lovely to be able to speak to you, not quite face-to-face virtually, but um, when you interact with someone like this over social media, as we've done, it feels like you know the person rather well. Um, But yes, this is our first time speaking in conversation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, nice to meet you virtually. (laughs) Um, Let's dive straight in, Tash. Let's... um, You introduce yourself to everyone and let us know a bit about what you do. Yes, definitely. Okay, so um, as Timmy said, my name is Natasha Hill. Um, I live and work in London, uh, mother of two, um, not kids anymore. My daughter's just gone to uni um, and my son is 17, so he'll follow shortly as well. Um, so I was born in the UK, um, Caribbean background, and you know, I've, I've lived in Amsterdam actually for 16 years as well. Uh, so I came um, back. Yeah, yeah. I came back cool. in two thousand and one, um, and yeah, I've, I've just always, you know, always worked from the age of sixteen, um, uh, and just always, for some reason, just never managed my money well. Um, so I've set up Finance Reboot, uh, my page. Uh, first of all, it was really to keep myself accountable. Um, you know, I, I kind of started, you know, seeing a lot of personal finance pages. It's really strange that I never saw them before for some reason. <laughs> but I started seeing so many, you know, pages and I just thought, you know what, um, instead of saying I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, let me just put it out there. Because, you know, once you put it out there, I'll, I'll be a fraud if I don't stick to it. So, <laughs> so hence, you know, I, I set that up and uh, yeah, in the future. Um, my aim is, you know, my main aim is to encourage others, uh, you know, that have been in long-term debt. So maybe you've kind of reached, you know, 
your 40s, uh, which I have um, a little bit above now as well. Um, and you feel like you've missed a boat. Um, you look back and you just think, you know, what have I done? Uh, where has my money gone? You know, why didn't I make best decisions? Um, so definitely for that group and then for younger viewers, it's, it's uh, mainly, you know, as a warning, don't make the same mistakes as me. Yeah, and uh, for people who perhaps don't follow Tasha's page, Tash talks about lots of different things. So not just debt, but building wealth, budgeting. There's quite a cheeky um, photo on there about the different bottle sizes of a certain hot pepper sauce brand as well, which made me talk about <laughs> that. Um, but yeah. we, oh, we've got some comments for you as well. Um, empowered by experience. Hi, Tash. Uh, DJ Dejanira. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Hey, sis. Um, empowered oh, by experience. From Amsterdam. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I didn't realize my sister would be on it. Hi, John. Oh, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, Tasha's sister. Um, <laughs> oh, my mum's there too. <laughs> by experience doesn't look a day older than 20. I'm inclined to agree. Um, yeah, so Tash does uh, lots of different types of topics on her page. But um, when we were talking, uh, you actually suggested the title of today's life, um, two and a half decades of debt. So why is it debt specifically mm -hmm. um, that you wanted to talk about today? What did you want the people to take um, from that topic specifically? Well, I think, um, you know, if you've kind of only been in debt, you know, that is kind of the starting point for me. Um, once the debt is gone, you know, my topics most probably will change because I won't be dealing with the debt as much anymore. Um, I, I just really want to encourage people because, you know, it can seem quite, it, it can be quite lonely being in debt. You can feel quite down. You can feel ashamed as well, um, you know, to talk about it, uh, putting yourself out there and, you know, telling people, you know, that you're in debt and you've kind of been in a, what I call a merry-go-round of debt for, for many years. And you just, you know, find yourself in a vicious circle. And I'm sure, you know, many people out there, you know, they, they kind of see YouTube videos on how to budget and they, you know, follow pages on Instagram and, you know, they say to themselves, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yes, I'm going to do that. But actually doing it sometimes, it's, it's actually really hard sometimes, you know, you've got other things going on in your life. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's really mainly um, encouragement that, to be, I know it sounds very cliche, but if I can do it, <laughs> you know, anyone can do it. Trust me. I'm just going to dip into the uh, comments quick, Tash, from Anna John. Loving this. Thank you for tune, tuning in, um, Anna John. Yeah, that's Chris, <laughs> Hey, Mr. Manujar, have you seen the fake account going around in your name? Yes, I have. Unfortunately, it's not the first time it's happened. Um, and speaking to Instagram is notoriously difficult, but um, hopefully I can get it sorted again. Um, another another duplicate page. Um, and uh, Friday Thank Finance, you everyone. Thank <laughs> you for tuning in to Friday Finance. Um, so let's, let's um, delve into your debt journey, if, if we could, Tash. Yeah. So if you um, are able to say, um, why like what was the cause of the debt in the first place and if you don't want to disclose um figures then what what kind of ballpark are we talking 
Yes, yeah, so um, I've been in debt kind of um, various stages of my life. Um, the debt that I'm in now, which luckily is nearly uh, fully paid, um, is actually not the largest amount of debt I've been in. Um, if we just um, rewind back to when I was 18, so um, as soon as I was officially an adult and I could sign a dotted line, um, I took out a loan. And guess what? I can't even remember what it was for <laughs> at that time. So um, it was just kind of like, at the time I did like my brands and, you know, clothes, shoes and everything, um, going on, you know, holidays and things. So I guess it would have been for something like that. I remember it was me and the friend um, at the time from school, you know, uh, or college, we, we both took out a loan. And it seems like since then, taking out credit or getting into debt for things has just never really, really stopped. Um, you know, so from the age of 18. Um, so when I was 18, I mean, the debt wasn't all that much. I mean, you don't necessarily get a large credit limit uh, at that age. So, you know, I, I can't actually remember, you know, what that was. Um, yeah. But but if I kind of, um, it, it seems like from the age of 18 and then, you know, it was 2009 at one point that I did think to myself, you know, I can't keep on going like, on like this. You know, I realized that I wasn't, um, I was going to work, you know, day in, day out. I wasn't, I didn't feel like making up my bed. I just felt quite low. But, you know, once I got to work, I would just always, you know, play a role, have a smile on my face. And, you know, no one would actually know, um, you know, what was going on. Um, so, you know, at, at that point, 2009, I did at one point, um, you know, get into an IVA, an individual voluntary arrangement. Okay, um, can you how those work for the listeners, for people who may not have heard of an IVA? Yes, so you've, you've got uh, various ways to, you know, clear your debt, tackle your debts uh, through organisations. You've got, uh, for example, debt management plan, which is a slightly less um, strict compared to an IVA. Um, I must say, and I must stress that I wasn't receiving any red letters in the post or anything. I wasn't being chased by bailiffs, but it was just, I needed something strict, you know, to get me to, you know, reduce this debt because it was just getting too much for me. It was having um, an effect on my mental health and everything. So, yeah, um, yeah so how it works with an IVA, you um, literally you know, have to give them your income and expenses um, and they kind of uh, speak to the creditors for you. Uh, so even though I wasn't being chased, I didn't want to speak to my creditors. So, you know, they spoke to my creditors. Um, you then agree, you know, how much you're going to be paying back on a monthly basis. Um, and after five years, you know, you, know, you that's it, your, you've, your debt is uh, cleared. Uh, I must say, don't take it lightly, because for, for those five years, you know, you can't take out any credit or anything. Um, and you're also, um, your credit rating, you know, it stays on there for five, on your credit file for, for six years, actually, not five yeah. years, because there's an extra year that's added to it as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I did really need that, as I just needed someone to answer to, as it were. But I must say, whilst in the IVA, I felt like, I wasn't learning how to manage my money. It was literally just, you know, sending my pay slips and, you know, proving my income and, you know, just making the payments, you know, as I had to. Um, not being able to take out any credit was, you know, a good learning curve for me, uh, being able to just manage on, on what I had. But to be honest, I didn't learn anything from it, unfortunately. 
you'd um, essentially outsource the debt management um, process to someone else and they were speaking to your creditors on your behalf. Yeah, they'd the repayment and given you a structure, but that was that was it. There was yeah, yeah, so there was no financial education alongside it. So um, it was great once I paid that debt off and to talk, I'm happy to talk about figures. At the time, it was in the region of 30 grand um, yeah. and 30 grand with nothing to show, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So just things that have added up. Um, and, you know, I must say when I'm talking about debt, I'm talking about consumer debt. I'm not talking about um, mortgages or, you know, secure debt. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about, um, I'm not talking about Louis Vuitton bags. I'm not talking about Gucci belts or anything. It's just been just normal, just, you know, just living and, you know, uh, sometimes the fear of losing out of things and just thinking, oh, I deserve it. Um, let me go on holiday. Credit card comes out. So it was just things that, you know, added up and ended up being nearly 30 um, grand, you know, so yeah, I was I was paying that back, and it was great when I when I repaid it. I managed to take me and my children uh, to Canada uh, without using my credit card. And whilst we were there, I was able to um, you know spoil them a bit as well without having to use my credit card. So that felt so good. But when I returned, um, you know, it didn't take that much longer before I started racking a bit of debt back up again. So um, that you know that was kind of uh, also, you know, nothing fancy, but it was just sometimes, oh, well, I've got to get this now, or, you know, I'm a lone parent as well. Oh, my kids, you know, they want a PS4 or, you know, so yeah, it's just got to be paid for. I don't want my kids to lose out. Uh, I mean, I'm, I work full time, I've always worked full time. So there was also a bit of, um, you know, guilt feeling of not being there, you know, so I would, you know, just buy them what they want no matter, you know, if I would get into debt or not. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I then ended winding back up into debt. Um, and, yeah, the, the, I mean, the figure for me in May 2020 was, uh, you know, 17,000 uh, yep. uh, debt. But I didn't actually add my overdraft to it as well, which was about two grand. So you can call it just shy of 20 grand. And um, yeah, that was in May 2020. Um, that was the figure where it was. Um, you started to talk about some of the emotions you're experiencing, which I think is very important. Um, whether you're in 30 grand of debt, 20 grand of debt, on the one hand, it is just a number. It's just sort of a figure that sits on a computer screen or, or on a letter somewhere. But you do also talk about like feeling this kind of weight on you um, mm -hmm. as well. And for people who are watching this or, or listening to this back who maybe are in similar levels of debt, like why do you, where do you think these emotions um, come from? You know, the emotions you're, you're experiencing. Uh, so, I mean, for me, it's actually been, has a negative, negative effect on me. Um, mm -hmm. you know, as I said uh, before, when I paid off the first lot of debt uh, through the IVA, I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. I, fe I felt quite light, but I, I just, you know, feel quite disappointed in myself that I managed to go yeah. back into debt. And, um, you know, I'll, t I'll tell you in a bit as well, when I started repaying it, it was as if I was punishing myself, you know, for mm -hmm. going back into debt. Um, 
you know, I would look at other people and, you know, people were buying houses, people were investing. It's not that I don't know about investing. I mean, um, funnily enough, I'm actually qualified to give investment advice. Um, mm -hmm. But like many of us, sometimes you don't follow your own advice. You know, I would be speaking to clients, um, would be giving them advice, but I would just look at it as, you know, that those people, they have extra money to be doing that. I do not have that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the emotions... Um, you know, just just disappointment in not being able to, for some reason, not being able to manage my finances. Um, we have a question, Tash, from Empowered by Experience. Was mm -hmm. there a fee payable to the IVA agent, if you can remember? Uh, if there was a fee payable, um, it is quite some time ago. I can't remember paying a fee to them. It was literally just providing all my debts. Uh, so you know, and they would then talk to the creditors and they would just come back with a figure that I need to pay back. Um, I must warn as well, though, anyone that's considering going into an IVA, if you have a commission-based job, so a job where you have your basic salary as well as being able to earn, you know, bonuses on top, you will actually end up paying much more than you think. Um, you know, I didn't realise that, you know, I, I got into it and I ended up paying a bit more. Do they perceive you as having a higher overall income? Yes. That yeah, yeah, it's really funny because there's, there's certain things um, where, you know, maybe mortgages and things that they don't necessarily take bonuses into consideration. But then when it, on the other hand, you know, the IVA, they did actually take that into consideration. And I didn't realise then that I ended up paying back more than I thought I was going to pay back. Yeah. And just two comments I'm going to read out. Um, from Sam uh, Carew, great to see you, Sam. Loving your transparency. And from uh, Jen, really admire your courage and honesty to speak on this topic. I completely agree. Um, I think it's super brave of you to come on here and to share your experiences with people because lots of people are going through this. Um, I am subscribed to the Money Charities Money Statistics newsletter. It comes out every month and I would recommend it to anyone who's interested in personal finance matters and it talks about the rates of consumer debt in the UK and um, on the amount of calls that are received by the likes of the of citizens advice and yeah. uh, a lot of people are in difficulty and this has been even more pronounced over the last couple of years so yeah, yeah thank you for sharing your story with us up until um, this point we get to May 2020 Yep. Uh, you're in the 20k odd um, debt. What was that lightning bolt, light bulb moment where you're like, no, do you know what? I just need to sort this out once and for all. And th that brought you to where you are today. Yes. So um, it was a little bit before May 2020. Obviously, the pandemic came about. Um, I was in the office and, uh, you know, we were told we're going to be working from home, which since I work, I've never done. <laughs> it was just always, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five, not really nine to five, eight to six, eight to seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, started working from home. Um, everything was closed. And for some reason, I just felt this tranquility in my life, you know, which I've never felt before. Um, don't get me wrong. I know that you know, the COVID period has been a difficult period for a lot of people. People have lost loved ones and everything. So I'm definitely not, you know, glorifying this break, as it were. 
but uh, you know for me personally it is as if I needed that you know break I was still working from home but I had time to actually look into things I didn't feel like I was obliged to go anywhere because there was nowhere to go yeah. there was no, um, no birthday parties no weddings no holidays you know everything like that I was at home and um, I started watching you know YouTube videos not you know before COVID I would watch YouTube videos but I was just always in a rush so maybe I was listening with half the ear because I was multitasking doing other things but because it was so quiet during the especially the first lockdown I had time to actually take in you know some of these videos I was watching so um, you know there were some examples about you know compound interest and um, you know clearing your credit cards and if you only paid the minimum amount uh, that you can end up sometimes paying, you know, for 20 odd years. <laughs> and I, it just a light bulb moment went off and I just said to myself, okay, um, I've been dealing with, you know, being in debt and financial difficulties, you know, since the age of 18, this has just got to stop. And I just thought to myself, you know what? Um, I'm not on a tube at the moment, so no tube fares. Um, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not in the city having, you know, fancy city lunches uh, and things like that. And not that I always have fancy city lunches at all. It, sometimes it could just be a boots meal, you know, a meal deal. But if you add it all up, you know, I started seeing videos about if you add that up over, you know, an annual period, you know, how much you're actually losing um, or, or spending, not losing, but spending. Um, so obviously I, was, I started, you know, seeing, oh, actually I've got a bit more disposable income left. Uh, don't get me wrong, it wasn't easy because there's a lot of videos about, you know, budgeting and yeah, um, hands up, I was a bit lazy, like to go and create a spreadsheet and things like that um, because in my job, you know, that's what I do all day long. So it's like, oh, not another spreadsheet. So <laughs> I literally <laughs> I literally did a search on YouTube um, that said budgeting for lazy people, <laughs> literally, and a few videos came up. So how I actually started was just, um, I got old fashioned pen and paper in front of me. I wrote down my income. I wrote down my outgoings. I saw what was left. I then divided that by the amount of days that was left in that month or say 30 days or 31 days. And then I would know how much I have to spend on a daily basis. And for some reason, it started to become in a game for myself to have as many possible no spend days because if I don't say um, my daily spend was 20 pounds you know I can't remember what it was but just for argument's sake say 20 pounds a day I could spend if I don't spend 20 pounds a day that means tomorrow I've got 40 and if I don't yeah. spend you know another 20 pounds then I've got 60 so it was kind of like I was starting to play a game with myself and then from there you know I just started making savings in other areas so, you know, started writing shopping lists and, yeah. you know, actually buying what I need. Um, you know, making that distinguish, uh, distinct, oh, I can't speak, distinct, yeah. <laughs> distinguishing wants and needs. Um, you know, and I started kind of looking at other areas where I could save, like, you know, going through my subscriptions, for example. Um, I ended up even cancelling Amazon Prime. I just thought to myself, Tash, do you really need something next day or can you wait three days before it comes? I mean... Just order a bit earlier. Just order a bit earlier. I feel seen. 
because uh, I'm not uh, quite over my Amazon Prime um, addiction just yet. But it, it is true. Once upon a time, you used to order stuff and you had to wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rush now. <laughs> yeah. Um, just want to jump in because we have a couple more uh, comments, uh, Tash, but we should definitely continue with uh, this um, stuff you're talking about because it's fascinating. The psychology behind budgeting, momentum, gamifying things, super, super powerful. And also the way that, you know, it wasn't like some app you used. We're talking about paper and pen, shopping lists. Yeah, super I did, yeah because I'm, I'm, you know, dealing with, you know, spreadsheets, computers every day. I just wanted old fashioned pen and paper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, D. D. Janeiro says, "So proud of you. Your journey has inspired me so much." And um, Anna John says, "Amazing, um, empowered by experience. No prime here either." Smiley face. Um, <laughs> maybe one day I can join you guys in the no no prime club. Yes, yeah, so I think um, there's a there's a philosophical mode of thought called Occam's Razor, and um, in, uh, like broken down, it basically means make things as simple as possible, but no more simple. I have mm -hmm. to return to this way of thinking often because I have the sort of mind that thinks that actually the more complicated the solution and the more complicated the plan, the better it is. But mm -hmm. that's not often always the case. You know, like you can actually, if you can just find the minimum things that you need to get the job done, then you can make serious progress as you um, have just illustrated. One of the things I wanted to um, find out from you is when you're doing these no-spend days, um, was it a cumulative no-spend day or was it like if you did a, so if, if you did a, you had your £20 uh, a day spent, if you didn't spend £20 on, say, Monday, does that mean you get to spend £40 on Tuesday or does it reset back to 20 again and then you save that £20? Yeah, I mean, in my head, it was, if I don't spend 20 today, that means I've got 40 tomorrow, but I made a game of it not to then spend 40 tomorrow, but, All you right. know, to, to, to then have, like, 60, you know, in three days' time. <laughs> you know, so it was, it became a bit of a game. Um and that, you know, allowed me then to have, you know, more disposable, disposable income left. Sorry, I don't know. There's some words for some reason that are coming out really weird today. Um, okay. Yeah. So and then I started thinking as well about, you know, side hustles. Because I just thought to myself, I want to get this debt paid in a certain period of time. And I'm just on one income. Um yeah, so let's go and increase that. So obviously while I was working from home and I wasn't up and down on a tube every day and everything, um, I was able to, at, at the weekend, take up a few, you know, side hustles. There's some side hustles I don't do anymore. I mean, um, I do still do hair braiding. Um, I'm definitely not, um, this is definitely not an advertisement for hair braiding because it's normally the same people that I do. <laughs> You know, and it's it's kids because they've got smaller heads as well. So, you know, I don't want to spend all my whole weekend braiding here. But, you know, yeah. I, I just kind of looked back at what I could do. Um, it, I just looked back at my childhood and my youth, when I was a youth. You know, what were the things that I actually did? And I, I used to braid my friends here at school. So I just thought, okay, um, what can I, what side hustle can I start now, as it were, in the next five minutes? And that was hair braiding. So, and I still do that at the moment. Um, then I kind of started doing a bit of Amazon delivery, <laughs> Amazon again, 
Cool. Did, yeah, literally, yeah. So alongside, obviously, full-time job, um, I was still doing as well delivery uh, packages, you know, delivering Amazon packages because I was, ju- I just started feeling so inspired to get this debt down, you know, because I, I put my, I had six credit cards, um, don't ask me how, uh, and I put those cards into a credit card repayment calculator. And uh, one of the credit cards said it would take me 27 years to pay back if I only paid a minimum payment. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just thought, no, hell no, that's not happening. I just thought to myself, um, I'm going to just do what I need to do to, to reduce this debt. So um, I ended up stopping doing Amazon Prime. Um, reason being, um, you when you accept um, a uh, kind of a delivery round, you don't know in advance where it's going to be until you get to the depot. Uh, I would get to the depot and I would see that I'm going through the congestion charge. Yeah. So, for example, you would earn for two hours of delivering 32 pounds but if out of that i've got to pay 15 pounds congestion charge it's not really worth it so i think you know sometimes you just have to look at uh is the side hustle worth it and um so i stopped doing that then i came across um doing property viewings there's this company that outsources property viewings on behalf of estate agents so for example taking people around properties yeah yeah so um so what you do is, for example, there's maybe an estate agent in, say, North London, um, and they have a property maybe walking distance from me. Uh, I mean, I've been living in my area a long time. I know the local amenities. You know, I can tell them all the transport links and everything. So they pay me to to actually do the property viewings on their behalf. And then I just report back to them what the questions were, what the interest was like and everything. Uh, and that's something that I still do. And what I like about it, it's flexible. You know, you, you just see appointments come up and you can choose, you can put in your calendar when you're available or not. Uh, and if things change, you don't have to accept it. So it's very flexible, um, as it were. So that's something that I do um, as well on the side. Um, <laughs> you know, it is a bit much. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's, there's times where I do take a break. I've taken a bit of a break at the moment um, because I'm back in the office three days a week and we've moved to West London from the city. So journey's got a bit longer. Um, but yeah, it's, um, uh, look, I can see, I think I can see something about the viewing. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you in a bit. Yeah. I'm going to dip, uh, dip back into the comments, but um, this, is, this is really cool. The side hustles you're mentioning, um, the word that comes to mind to me is that they're very like non-correlated to, to what you normally see. Because when mm-hmm. I think of side I think of a lot of the digital ones. So blogging mm-hmm. and you know, starting a page, which, you, which you've done, um, yeah. but lesser discussed or lesser known are, you know, like doing uh, freelance house viewings or doing um, delivery jobs. And were you doing these in the lockdown period? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, in Amazon, (laughs) Amazon, um, obviously, you know, had so much packages to deliver because everyone was ordering online. So for a short space of time, I just got involved in that. And yeah, that extra money would go straight to my credit card repayments. I wouldn't touch the money. It would come in and I would make that payment straight away and I would feel great. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, so finance for me says, I love the fact that you use the pen and paper. This is back when you're talking about your methods. So simple, but so effective. Sam, finance for me, keeping it real. 100%. Anna John, can someone tell this woman just how awesome she is? Actually, yeah, if you're listening at home, please do me a massive favor and just 
hammer on that uh, like button in the bottom right hand of the screen <laughs> and show Tash some love because, um, yeah, there's some super like simple but really clever um, kind of things that you've done to to get that um, to get that debt bill down. Sam um, asks, what's the house viewing gig called? Yeah, so it's a company called Viewber. Um, I will update on my page again the link um, okay. you know, that you can use. Um, obviously, you can go on the website yourself. It's it's called Viewber instead of Uber. Uh, I do have a referral link, and you know, obviously, if if you go through that, there's going to be you know a little tenor bonus for me, <laughs> yep. which will go you know towards that bit of debt. And um, you know, once you sign up to do that, obviously, you you will have a referral link as well to do that. But what I like about it is. Um, you can also set the radius um, for the property viewings. So um, I personally don't see the point in driving to the property viewings because that's petrol, you know, to get there and everything. So my radius is very small so that I can actually walk to these properties, you know, do the viewings and, you know, once I get paid, I actually get that full amount. Cool. And we just have two, uh, just two final comments. Um, so also from finance for me again, so awesome and inspiring. Love the idea of freelance, freelance house viewings and great point from Sam. Um, great way to see other houses too. Um, yeah. So you've got that kind of double whammy there. Um, yeah, so we talked about the beginning of your journey, um, starting with you as a, as a kind of late teen and the very first loan you took out, then periods of going into debt, out of debt, um, kind of learning, well, feeling like you weren't learning, then learning. Then we come to last year where you really began to um, kind of double down on, firstly, not spending, but increasing your income, which is a very powerful combination. Mm -hmm. um, where are we uh, today? And um, what, does the, what does the future look like for you? Yes. So um, one thing I might have forgot to say is that I use the snowball um, method. So okay. I started paying back, you know, the smallest credit card uh, outstanding amount and then the next smallest and then, you know, till the largest. Um, and just a quick, sorry, a quick one um, there, Tash, just for the people who don't know what the um, snowball yeah. method is. But... Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you list uh, your debts uh, down from um, smallest to largest, regardless of the interest that is being charged on uh, those. For me, it was credit cards, uh, store cards and a loan. Um, and then what so what you do is you pay still continue paying the minimum amount on all you know, your debts. But the lowest outstanding debt amount, you kind of throw everything you can towards that. And then when that's gone, what you was paying towards that lowest, you know, credit outstanding debt amount, you then throw that towards your next lowest. And, your next, and it's, to be honest, it's the, those quick wins really give you the momentum. And you just want to, it's like, you just can't wait to get, you know, to pay off the next one, you know, so even selling on eBay and stuff like that came into play, selling books, <laughs> literally everything, you know, and as your, um, what I realized myself as well, as those cards you know go down as your debt starts going down your credit rating also improves which allows you then to even look into balance transfers so that yes. you can actually get rid of some of the extortionate interest rates that are being charged yes and we know from um you know some of the stuff we know about how um credit scores work is 
as you reduce that debt balance, two things happen. Your overall balance goes down and credit reference agencies will look at the total amount of debt you have and score you accordingly. But your credit utilization also falls. So that's the amount of debt that you have outstanding versus the total amount of debt that's um, available to you. And yeah. as a general thumb, if you have, if you're using 30% or less of the debt that's available to you, that is also looked favorably um, upon by lenders. Um, yeah. Snowball method, which Tash has just outlined, um, stands in, um, is a, is one version of looking at things, but um, you may also have heard of the avalanche method, which is the exact same thing. You take your different debt balances, but instead of paying off the smallest balance first, you pay off the um, debt with the lowest interest rate first. So mathematically, um, it is the quickest way to pay off debt. But as Tash has just said, there is an, a psychological boost and a momentum you get from being able to just pay off the smallest balance by the snowball method and just cut up the card to that provider. And just kiss I, I literally cut my card up as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. We have two, um, two people bought badges. Thank you so much to David. Thank you so much to Anna John for buying badges. Hugely appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So if, um, Again, if you don't want to disclose um, kind of specific numbers, no need to, but just wanted to get a sense of uh, what your debt situation is in now and when yep. you hope to finally have that last balance paid off. Yeah. So as I said, May 2020, it was, including overdraft, it was just under the £20,000 um, with, without the overdraft, 17, 256, 34, to be exact. <laughs> um, and it is now 2900 and my, yeah, my aim to clear that, and it looks like it's going to be achievable, is by year end. So um, one of the things I haven't mentioned during this life maybe is, um, for some reason also obsessed with rounded numbers. So for example, <laughs> so for example, if I would make a payment and you know uh, the minimum payment would come out and there would then be maybe 12,589.71 left, I would have to do pay another £89.71 because I just want a round number. I, I just can't, I just want to be able to say to myself, Tash, how much debt have you got outstanding? And just literally know that it's a round number. So I've got 2,900 outstanding now. Um, it's payday uh, uh, in two days. So my plan is then to pay 900 off. Okay. And then and then in um, October's pay, pay a thousand and in uh, December's pay which is before Christmas pay another thousand um, it's not easy I must say um, there's also a bit of a headwind come along um, I, I don't want to call it a headwind really it's not really nice uh, my daughter might be listening I don't know <laughs> but she uh, she started uni and I hadn't financially planned for uni so even though yes I've made a lot of progress um, she is not receiving the full student maintenance allowance. So um, I'm also contributing, you know, towards that. Um, so I would say parents take heed. You know, if even if you think, you know, your child is small or they might not go to uni, start, you know, creating a pot now, because I'm telling you, <laughs> it's, it's not easy, you know? So, um, but yeah, my aim is to start uh, January, 2020 consumer debt free 
so that means you know obviously the credit cards the store cards the loans and everything but yeah. um yeah I, I managed to get on the property ladder during um uh, the pandemic as well i've been living in Congrats. my yeah thank you living in my local authority flat for a long long time and um yeah pay, paying off that debt was also you know reducing it so much so that i could get a you know a good mortgage rate did you do right to buy um yeah yeah I did, yeah. yeah okay cool um yeah so much love for you in the comments um when you dropped the 2,900 in power by experience as well, Tash, Charlene. Um, oh, amazing. thank you. <laughs> uh, smashed this debt repayment, Tolu Frimpong. Great to see you, Tolu. Also a previous um, guest on the show. Also shared her debt journey with us as well. Um, yeah, Tolu's how... great. Literally, yeah. I've, I've seen um, her on the like, Black Girl Finance as well. They've, they've done like a finance fest twice that I joined anyway. And Tolu was on there too. Hi, Tolu. Nice to see you. <laughs> yeah. Tolu says, well, amazing. Congratulations, hon. You've done amazing. Um, Chama says, congratulations. Empowered by experience, congratulations. Sam, oh, my days, I'm blown away. Um, Chama, uh, right to buy is a great opportunity to save money and get on the property ladder. Um, we're almost at the part of the show where I ask the rapid fire questions, Tash, but I've just got two yep. more for you. Yep. First one is, you do a very, very... Um, simple breakdown of right to buy and and, and how mm -hmm. it works yeah so um right to buy you know if you're living in a council property um or it could be that it was a previously you know council property but it's now housing association you've got preserved right to buy that happened to me actually my property was council but 10 years ago or something a housing association took over but All i right. preserved my right to buy you know because it, it used to be council um, so how it works is, um, contrary to what I thought, you do not actually need a deposit. You don't, don't need to put down a deposit on uh, the property. I didn't know this. <laughs> so uh, what, ha what happens is, um, you, you know, you fill in a form. You can actually find it, find it on the Gov website as well. Um, you send, but I, I would just say contact your local authority because sometimes they have their own forms. You know, it's quite straightforward, you know, with your details such as your previous addresses and everything since when you live in your property and uh, depending on how long you've lived in your property um you know there's you, know, you can get discount i mean luckily i got the maximum discount um because i've been living here since 2004 <laughs> i should have bought it a long time ago but yeah hey <laughs> better late than never um so the process is then that the um local authority will send someone around to value um, the property um, so that that would be the market value of the property so not the amount less the discount um, you know you then you know you either um, approve for it or not you've got you know 12 weeks I think to answer something like that um, and then um, yeah when you start applying for your mortgage a bank gets involved they come and do their own valuation as well it's I, I would say it's quite a basic valuation by the way um, I personally also got my own uh, structural building survey um, yeah. because I just wanted to make sure I know what I'm buying especially knowing that sometimes I've had leaks here and there in the kitchen um, yeah so it's, it's literally you don't pay put a deposit down um, all you really have is legal fees and if you choose to do your own independent you know structural building survey uh, it, it was just under a grand for me to do that. So, 
yeah, and it, it's, it's actually as easy as that. It's quite, it runs quite smoothly. Um, before you know it, you know, you're in a property. But I did a lot of research. I first um, inquired about it in October 2020 because I was gaining all this momentum, you know, clearing my depth and everything. And I just thought, now that I've got time for surveyors to actually come to my house because I'm not stuck in the office, <laughs> let, you know, let me just do it now. But it wasn't until June 2021 that I completed. So I did... I did a lot of research because, you know, I'm, as a lone parent, I also know that I can only depend on me, that all the onus is going to be on me to be, you know, paying this mortgage back. And there were times that I'd pulled out, you know, in, where, where I felt like pulling out, I, I mean, um, because I just thought, mm, you know, I'm in my 40s now. Is it not? I've missed a the boat. There's no point getting on the ladder now because I'll be paying until I'm nearly dead. You know, <laughs> so yeah, um, it's a straightforward process. Uh, I would say if you are in a council property and you have thought about it, um, I can't confirm that there will be no right to buy in the future, but I can imagine at some point it might not be there. So if you are in a council property or, you know, housing association that used to be council and you have been thinking about it, there's no harm in just at least inquiring. It doesn't mean that you have to buy it. You can still say no if you don't want it. Yeah. yeah. So if you are playing with it and you don't want to kind of later on in life say, oh, what if I bought it? What if this? What if that? Just inquire. There's no gun to your head. You don't have to buy it if you don't want, but at least inquire and see yeah. how much discount you can get. You can actually even Google it. If you know how long you've been in the property, it will state you know, the increments of discounts you can get. Um, depending on the amount of years you're in the property. Thank you, Tash. Super um, comprehensive. You, yeah, it's, suffice it to say, um, last year you achieved a lot and yeah, nothing but uh, applause for you, really. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm commented saying um, the discount is considered as the deposit. That's yeah. just a follow-up to his um, earlier comment. And Kelly Sheenan says, just followed amazing progress. I can definitely relate with your consumer debt story. So easy to get into, harder to get out because of the interest and usually not a lot to show for it all. Um, and uh, Sam said earlier on that you've got a new follower as well. Yeah, I think I think your story is super oh, inspirational. Help a lot of people. Final question for you before we get into the rapid fire questions. And yeah. that's uh, mentioned your your daughter earlier starting university. How important is it to you that your children see you going on this journey as well? And what sorts of things would you like to teach them going going forward? Yes. Um, so it's so important to me to change the narrative for them. Um, I don't want them to go in year in, year out, you know, struggling with debt. So for me, it's really important to lead by example. And I've got an example of, uh, you know, what I've done with my daughter, for example. She's uh, a teen. She loves her brands. And she was going, when she was still living at home, she was going on and on and on about these Balenciaga shoes. Balenciaga shoes <laughs> that she wanted. So yeah. they're, they're nearly 500 pounds, you know, 499. So call it their 500 quid. And because I've... Yeah, but because I've kind of been on this journey um, and kind of, even though, as I said, I know about investing because of my job, but it seems like that was separate from me. <laughs> so I got her, instead of using that £500 to buy Balenciagas, I managed to convince her to open an investment ISA with the 500 oh. instead. 
you know so um she's i told her that you know not to log in constantly to it because i mean she likes a bit of cryptocurrency and is invested in all you know she's kind of interested in all those things um i just said to her log in maybe every six months to see how you know how the investment's going i said you're 18 now you know for you to be invested already and the compound interest and i was kind of showing her the graphs of you know by the time she gets to my age how much that can actually be so yeah that i just want my children to have um a different financial future um, a brighter one than me and i mean my, my son's 17 he'll be 18 uh, next year so yeah as soon as he turns 18 as well the investment isa because i kind of missed the boat with the junior isas um because for me you know it was just that there was no savings yeah. um yeah i'm looking forward for that to happen um as well and you know she's uh, found a little part-time job and she's contributing towards it as well um even though in the end she did buy balenciagas but first investing then Balenciaga. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I think that that is wicked because i um i only started investing when i was 20 five 26 and no, no matter when you start because you do you look at all the graphs and you look at how much money you can make from investing you always feel like you've missed the boat i was there as a 25 26 year old going oh my goodness if i'd started when, when i was 18 and like your kids are like starting like so early i think is awesome and um, yeah. they're gonna look back and they're gonna be really glad that they decided to invest first valenciaga's second yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, thank you so much for sharing your um, story with us, Tash. We're just going to get into the rapid fire questions. And thank you to everyone at home for staying with us this far into the episode. I hope you've gained and benefited from Tash's story. The first question is, what's been your biggest financial achievement to date? We may well have spent the, the whole episode talking about it, but if it's a different one, do share it with us. Yeah, um, I think the biggest financial achievement is, um, you know, nearly being out of consumer debt um, and also understanding why I got into that debt and to, to make sure once I'm out of debt that I also stay out of debt and get onto the investment, uh, investing bandwagon. And um, yeah, I would say, you know, getting that mortgage as well. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, but still, still in that, that silence, just that like I'm just still in awe at everything you achieved last year. I, I think, oh, I think thank so. you. <laughs> uh, what one piece of money advice would you have given to yourself 10 years ago? Uh, definitely budget, invest, like how I'm teaching my kids now. Um, so budget, invest, um, not to keep up with the Joneses, you know, just because someone has something, you don't have to have it as well. Um, you know, having a better um, understanding between the needs and the wants. Um, so yeah, and, and definitely also plan better before I had kids. So before having kids, planning financially, you know, uh, I think that would have been, uh, you know, <laughs> much better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, um, yeah, I think I, I think I could benefit from that last point. I'll just kind of leave it at that. Yeah, definitely, um, before you have yours. <laughs> if you were to win the lottery, let's say you were to win £10 million, how would you allocate that money? Okay, so my dad is already retired, so I would retire my mother, uh, yeah. make sure that she doesn't have to work anymore. Um, I would, um, it's quite hard to say, but um, my dad's been diagnosed with the big C, 
Um, so what I would pay for is, you know, some good private medical care, um, making sure as well that he has, you know, help from, you know, a cook that would, you know, cook all the healthy stuff and make all the juices and everything, you know, um, so that he has the best chance of, uh, you know, surviving. Um, I would pay my mortgage off and my sister's mortgage so my sister could just get on with what she wants to do in life, really. Um, and, yeah, I think there's, there's a few other things. I don't know actually how much I would allocate to everything. I would invest a portion as well. Um, but I think what would really um, make my heart sing is to invest in, you know, maybe like third world countries uh, in educational settings where local people can give financial advice uh, to people. But obviously, first of all, we'll help them, you know, kind of um, achieve what they want to, you know. So the internet, you know, the internet is a great place. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, in impoverished countries, you know, they have many talents, you know, that they could monetize and they could actually, you know, create a better future for themselves, not necessarily having to go abroad to create that future. You know, they could actually stay there, live great lives, you know, yeah. using, you know, the internet and, you know, setting up businesses, online businesses and things. So I would like to invest in people that could go there to teach them that, you know, mm -hmm. how to do these things. Um, obviously, you know, money would make, most probably be an issue for them to pay for these things. So if I had the money to provide that for people that are willing to put in the effort, then th that would be awesome. Um, really, yeah, really like that kind of spread of, of activities and kind of just join everyone in the comments by uh, yeah, wishing your dad a, a full recovery. Um, Thank you. Thanks. All continues to go well with him. Um, the last question is, um, what does success mean to you? So success means to me that um, I achieve in changing a narrative for uh, my kids and future generations, so their kids as well, so that I've um, managed to lead so much by example that, you know, they don't have to go through, you know, many years of debt that I've been in as well, and that it can be a blessing to the world instead. And, you know, you know teach other people and that I don't, you know, when I pass away that I don't leave uh, anything, you know, for them to pick up the pieces, you know, that everything's sorted. And, you know, they can, you know, they've got inheritance and, you know, everything like that. So, yeah, definitely to change the narrative, that means that's financial success for me. I mean, when I've been on this debt journey as well, um, I've kind of got really interested as well in minimalism and um, capsule wardrobes and things. So having a lot of money wouldn't make, wouldn't make me happy. It would just mean I can do more of the things, you know, give more. I could you know, you know, leave my purpose, um, if you know what I mean. So, you know, I wouldn't need a lot of things. Things don't make me happy. I mean, you know, things and, you know, paying, going on holidays, you know, using my overdrafts and things like that. It hasn't made me happy in the end. It was, it's nice in the moment when you're there, but it has to be paid back. So, yeah, for me, if I can change the narrative of my kids and they can change the narrative of my grandkids, future grandkids, not yet. <laughs> I'm not ready to be a granny. <laughs> that that would definitely mean financial success for me. Um, 
Yeah, I just want to maybe just offer my, my two pence. I mean, you, you keep saying if I could change narrative, but I feel like you already are, you know, two children yeah. investing at the age of 18, paying off your debt by your end, getting on the property ladder, all in the middle of a pandemic, I think is a profound uh, change to narrative. Um, so great, great answer. Thank you. Um, do you have any questions for me? Yes. Um, it, I mean, I'm always watching your shows, but you know, there's times where I've maybe missed you. Um, so you might have already said this before, but before Mr. Money Jar, what, what did you actually do before this? And what made uh, you then decide to set Mr. Money Jar up? Um, I had a background in marketing and PR. That was my first job out of university. Um, I worked for a PR company in the city. Um, okay. When I was in my 20s. And lots of the clients were financial ones. And that's where I first heard, you know, words like debt consolidation and balance transfer and um, mm. independent financial advisor. There was just constant jargon going on everywhere. And when I don't know something, I kind of like want to like prove that I know it. So I got interested in all of that. I was also, um, you know, young and working and wanted to understand how to um, manage my money better. Oh, yeah. gosh. Hey, so Sam is my cousin in the uh, in in the comments. He says, "Ask him about Marks and Spencer's pants." And the Marks and Spencer's pants story is that I went to my cousin's house on my twenty fifth birthday, and I hadn't planned to stay around, so I had to buy new boxes um, oh. from the house. And he had the most amazing. We had the most amazing conversation. He just we spoke about building wealth, saving. Um, just like leaving a legacy, thinking about the future. He's about 10 years older than me. And that conversation honestly changed my life. Um, Amazing. Really me. That was like, because I'm the eldest sibling in my family, but he's very much like an older brother to me. And mm. I really embedded in that conversation. And yeah, just went on a, like a journey of, of growth and, and discovery, really. So yeah, that's what I did before. I worked in marketing and, and in PR. Um, okay. and it's in that PR company that I first learned how to make infographics, first learned about, you know, how to crunch numbers and stuff. And it's just weird how over the course of your life, all of the different experiences you have then somehow seem to be useful, you know, like you end up yeah. using some pieces of all the different things that you've learned. So I would definitely say, like, be open to different opportunities and learn lots of different things because you never know um, what part they'll play. Absolutely. I have loved um, this conversation. I can't believe it's actually taken us this long to um, speak to each other face to face. Thank you so oh, much, for, so much for the invite. Yeah, for <laughs> Before we wrap up, anyone you want to shout out or anything you want to plug? Okay, so I did have a few people I want to shout out. Um, I follow a lot of people on Instagram, so please don't feel left out if I don't mention your name. It's just the, the first people I came across you know, when I started my journey, I would like to say Selena, Black Girl Finance. Um, thanks for putting on, um, you know, your, your Black Girl Finance Fests as well. Um, Tony was part of that, by the way. Uh, Mama Furfur, learned a lot from her. Um, you know, it was actually uh, Mama Furfur's uh, YouTube videos that encouraged me to talk to my daughter about investing. Um, yeah. And then um, Ken and Mary from Humble Penny. Um, I've been part of their Financial Joy Academy. Uh, for a while now and then I wanted to thank as well the free 
Pete, well, yourself, of course, for inviting me to this <laughs> IG Live. And then um, Esther from Boss of My Money, Petiki from um, Your Finance PT, um, and Happy Money Stories, Victoria, who've, uh, yeah, found my story interesting and um, invited me to do podcasts with them. And anything you want to plug? I know you talked about your link um, earlier, but anything around your channel? Or... Yeah, so um, on my Instagram page, um, you know, it's, it's very much about, you know, encouragement and just really like real life examples. Everyone's um, situation, personal finance is personal. Uh, so maybe not everything that I share or examples that I give might not apply to everyone um but I, you know i'm sure that there, there will be things that you know will be useful for some people uh what i will do for the people that showed interest in uh this freelance property viewings uh, that i do um i will really update cool. yeah after this live i'll update uh that in my um bio um the, the link will be there and uh yeah have a look um you know, it's a great thing to do on this side and you can just take breaks when you want. Uh, you also learn quite a bit more about property. I mean, now that I'm a property owner, you know, I've gained a keen interest in property and knowing what it could mean for me as in asset wise. I mean, at the moment, it's still a liability because I live in it. But, you know, at some point, if I rent it out, um, it can become an asset. So um, it's, it's definitely a great way to learn more about property as well. That is a great note on which to end the live today. Tash, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for yeah, just your raw and honest um, story. I'm sure it's going to benefit a lot of people. Thank you to everyone at home for tuning in, for commenting, um, for buying badges. This has been an hour-long episode, and you stayed with us the whole way through and remained engaged the whole way through. Monday evenings are easily a highlight of my week because of you. So thank you so much for tuning in be back next week with another special guest and so until then everyone take care bye-bye thank you everyone bye